All right, well, we were, gonna, we were going to start a series today called Creating a Better Life, um, but because it was week one and not knowing with weather, um, if everyone would show up, just some people stay away, uh, we, we're going to push pause and start that, that next week. And so today, I'm going to give you a short little devotional again so we can get out of here before the, the freezing rain uh, begins. Uh, but I don't, I don't know if you've ever had an epiphany. I don't know if you've ever been driving. Uh, I don't know if there's ever been a moment where you have an aha moment. Uh, you see a logo and you see something in a logo like you've never seen before. Maybe it's the arrow in FedEx. If you've never seen that, you will now next time you see the FedEx logo. There's a, an arrow. Uh, but you have these aha moments. Um, this weekend in the, the Christian calendar is actually called Epiphany or Epiphany Weekend. Uh, in, in tradition uh, here at Trinity, I don't know if we've talked about that much. And so I thought, well, let's, let's look at that. And what it is, is it's this moment where we remember and celebrate and recognize when the Magi, the wise men, visit Jesus. And so really Christmas would end now. Uh, I don't know how many of you have already taken down Christmas decorations. Uh, we took ours, the tree down Christmas Day because we were traveling. Uh, I've talked to someone this morning who they said we usually take down uh, Christmas stuff now because technically Christmas is just wrapping up. I don't know if you know that, uh, but if you think of the 12 days of Christmas, that gets us to this weekend. And it is this moment where we recognize and remember what happens when these wise men visit Jesus. Uh, if you don't own a Bible, there should be a red hardback around you somewhere. I would encourage you to grab that. We're going to look at Matthew 2, uh, verse 1 through 12. I'm going to pull out just a, a couple of things. Starting in verse 1, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presenting, presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Uh, just a little history. So Herod isn't wanting to worship Jesus. Uh, Herod eventually is going to wipe out all children under two because this king had been born. The king of the Jews. And Herod is intimidated. And so he wants to know where this baby is at. And so he can wipe uh, him out. Not knowing, because the Magi don't go back. Uh, he ends up brutally massacring uh, all children under the age of two that had been born in this certain region. Uh, now, why is it significant that the visit of the, the Magi, why, why is this important to the, the Christmas story? Why in the Christian calendar is epiphany on it? Why is it something that, that people all over the world today and yesterday stop and recognize? I, I really want to just look at two things. Uh, one is who are the Magi? Who is it that to come and visit Jesus? So 
if you're thinking, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, uh, Jesus probably would have been born if I, if I was in charge, and, and I'm not. But if I was in charge, I, I would have made sure he was born into the right family. Right? I would want him to, to come into a, a prominent family, a kingdom. He was a king, and so he's going to rule and reign. And, and I want as many people to know it as, as possible. But that's not what happened. Again, Jesus is born to an unwed teenage mother, a young girl of, of poverty, someone who doesn't grow up in the right community, not to kings and not to a, a priest. And then we see that the shepherds are the ones who receive the announcement first. And then the magi, and this is what you may not know, they, they literally were astrologers. The, the language that's used for the, the title of them in other parts of the, the Bible would have also been sorcerers, maybe even witchcraft. These are the, the men who first show up looking for this king, looking for the one who everyone had been talking about, everyone had been waiting for. These are the ones who come to bow and to worship. Now, as I thought about this, I, I kind of thought about today, and I thought about kind of where the church is, not just Trinity, but the, the church in general, especially maybe in the, the U.S., and, and I think oftentimes the church kind of puts up expectations and barriers for who can come to worship, right? Are they living the right lifestyle? Is everything going on uh, okay at their home? Do they have the right background? And so we, we kind of, and maybe it's not really spoken, but, but maybe internally we kind of think, well, well, are they really welcome to come and to worship? We, we have three astrologers, three sorcerers, three people who probably dealt in a little bit of witchcraft, are the ones who come and bow at the feet of Jesus. I wonder what it would look like for us individually, not even just as the church, but individually, for us to begin to tear down some of those walls. To ask ourselves, have we, have we put up any expectations and, and have thought those people are welcome and those aren't? Whatever that might be. See, for a long time, the church has functioned in the idea that you have to believe a certain way first. Right? You have to believe what we believe. If you believe what we believe, then, then, you're, then you're welcome. But, but there was even like another thing. You, you need to believe what we believe, and then you have to behave a certain way. Like once you believe what we believe and you behave a certain way, then you can come and you can belong. And you've heard me talk a lot, and I, and I thought this was important for us as we head into this, this year, that this idea that all can come and belong, that everyone can come and belong. And then what we hope happens, this is what I hope happens, People come in, and they come in, in their, with their, their doubts, and, and doubt is really just, I believe, is really this opportunity for spiritual growth, right? Maybe you're here, and you doubt, and you've had some things that have happened over the last year, and you think, man, I don't know what I believe about God right now. And, and what you maybe have felt when you're in that place is you, then you can't come and be in this gathering because you aren't really sure what you believe. That's not true. So even in your doubt, you can come and you can belong. And what I hope happens is then you begin to see how people behave who follow Jesus. Right? It's not about how others behave, but, but really it's about how do we live? How do we live out the faith that we say that we have? So, so we want people to come and belong, and they might see how we do life with one another. And then, hopefully, they'll believe. But they don't have to believe first. They don't even have to behave a certain way first. We want to create an environment where people can come and belong. And so this is the first moment where we see non-Jewish people coming and worshiping God through Jesus. And this was big. 
this was an open door to the, the term that would be used is the Gentiles. That those who are not Jewish, it's us, unless you're here today and you're Jewish, uh, that would be us. And so this was the open door to say that anyone can come and worship. That anyone can come and fit and uh, come and sit at the feet of Jesus. And that is exactly what these wise men do. They come and they kneel. They lower themselves. They humble themselves and recognize who this baby is. That he wasn't just a baby, that he was the king of kings and a prince of peace. John 3.30, uh, it says, he, may be, he must become greater and I must become less. So as we think about this year and we, we think about ourselves, this idea that we come at the feet of Jesus so he may become greater and we may become less. But it's not just for us. It's for anyone. They recognize their position before Jesus. They recognize the importance of who he was and their need for him. And then they bring gifts. Uh, now, uh, we, we often tell this story and we think that there's three wise men, uh, but we really don't know. That's not in the scriptures. So if I'm ruining that part of the Christmas story, I apologize. But there may have been more, but we have thought maybe there were three because there's three gifts. And, and the three gifts are gold, incense, and myrrh. Now, these weren't just random gifts. I don't know if you have a hard time uh, buying presents for people. I don't know if you have a hard time as you get older, right? I went home, and my mom gave me cash, but she also gave me socks, right? And that's just one of those things as you get older, and I loved getting these nice socks, right? But, but buying gifts for people are difficult. So what do you buy for the king of kings, right? What store do you go to pick something up to take to Mary and to give to Jesus? Now, these three gifts are not just by chance, uh, many people way smarter than me, many, many scholars think there's a lot of meaning behind these gifts. That the gold, this medal for a king, like he's a baby, but there's this recognition of who Jesus was. And so from the very beginning, they recognize him as a king. And so what better to give than gold? And then incense. Uh, this would have been an extremely costly gift. This is, would not have been cheap. And these men would have come from the east where they would have picked up the incense. And the incense would have been burned in the, the temples. The priests would have used the incense. And so not only are they recognizing that, that Jesus is a king, but they're understanding that he's the priest. He, he is the one that is speaking on behalf of God. They see him as a spiritual leader. And then the third one's really kind of the trickiest and, and probably wouldn't make the most sense, but it was myrrh. And, and I don't know if you know if you use myrrh much, uh, but myrrh was actually used to embalm someone. So they would use this before a burial. And so you think, well, that's an odd gift to give to Jesus as a baby. And I don't know how much these men knew about what Jesus was coming to do, but they would have known the Old Testament. They were wise, and, and even though they were what would be called a sorcerer or um, uh, dealing with, with witchcraft, or, they still would have known the Old Testament. They would have known the Scriptures. And so when they see the star and they know the story and they know the king has been born— they also would have known of the suffering of Jesus. And so bringing the myrrh was to say, we, we know what you're doing on our behalf. So we know you're the king. You are going to be our spiritual leader. And we know that you'll suffer and die on our behalf. And so they come and they present these to Jesus because they know who he is. And so in this, this year, this year of new beginnings, uh, what or in what way do you recognize who God is? How do you? What, what gifts do you bring to God? Is it talents? Is it your resources? Is it your time? 
What, what is it that you give back to God that says that you're my king? Not only you're my king, but you're my spiritual leader. Not only my spiritual leader, but I know what you did on my behalf. That I have forgiveness and you've given me grace because you've suffered and died on my behalf. And so may we this year, may we tear down any barriers or any walls that we've built up that would keep anyone from coming to worship at the feet of Jesus. Whatever that might be, whatever demographic, whatever lifestyle, whoever you are thinking of right now, whatever you think would keep someone from coming to God, would you begin to ask God to help you tear down that barrier? And then would we recognize who Jesus is and in response give the gift of ourselves? So let me ruin the the next series that's coming up. The, The way we're going to create a better story is by doing that. It's by recognizing who God is and giving ourselves to him. If you want to create a better story in 2018, that's how it will happen. It's by giving yourselves completely to God, by giving your life to him. I'm going to ask Greg to come up as we, as we finish uh, by, by singing this song um, together. Uh, I really hope that you come back next week. I really hope we're going to look at this idea of how do you really know what story you want like, you may think you know what story you want for your life, but, but how do you really know, and how can we figure that out together? Would you stand and pray with me as we finish uh, with this song? Father, as always, I'm thankful for an opportunity to open your word. I'm thankful for the gift of Jesus. I'm thankful that there were barriers and walls that were torn down that opened it up for anyone to come and worship. I'm thankful for these three men who had a past, they had a certain set of beliefs, but in the midst of all of that, they recognized who Jesus was. Lord, I'm thankful for that. Lord, would we do that as well? Would we recognize who Jesus is in our life? God, would you help us to do that? That we wouldn't just announce it, that we wouldn't just proclaim it, but it would change how we live and what we believe, that it would change our lives. And in response, we would give ourselves to you, God. Would you help us to do that? Lord, I pray for safety as we travel today. Some don't have far, some others have a distance. So Lord, I pray for protection um, as we travel today and not just for our community, but everyone um, who lives around us. Uh, God, thank you for your goodness and for your grace. And I pray you'd help us bring us back uh, next week. Pray this in Jesus' name.